Do you guys appreciate this team that's led us in worship already tonight? What a gift they've given us for Christmas. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. My name is Kurt, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to add my welcome to you. We know some of you are visiting from out of town. Some of you might be coming home for Christmas. Uh, Some of you might be just coming out because it's the holidays, and we are glad that you are here. Uh, for those of you who've been a part of Faith Covenant Church for a while, you might know that my family and I are fairly new to the area. Uh, we moved from Phoenix a, a number of years ago, and I'm still kind of hearing the stories and learning the history of the Sumner area. And uh, turns out, I, I heard a, a, a story recently. Uh, this was uh, some time ago, back when the town was really small. But there were three buildings that were both inundated with squirrels. Go figure, I don't know. Uh, It was the town hall, it was the hardware store, and it was the church. Uh, So the town hall went out and bought some cats, and they figured if they brought some cats in, they'd chase the squirrels around and get rid of them that way. Well, the cats tore up all the files and made a mess of everything, so they had to get rid of the cats, and the squirrels came back. The hardware store had a little bit more humane approach. Uh, They went and trapped all the squirrels, put them on a truck, and carted them outside of town and let them grow free range out in the country. Three days later, the squirrels came back, got back in, didn't work. Apparently, of the three, the church actually came up with a plan that was mostly an effective solution. What they did is they baptized the squirrels, made them members of the church, and then they only showed up on Christmas and Easter. (laughs) Whether you are a regular church attender, whether you are visiting from out of town, or you're just coming out for the holidays, we are glad that you're here. There's always, it's always a good time to be together to worship God and enjoy the gift of his presence with us. So we hope that you genuinely feel at home here at Faith Covenant Church this Christmas. Would you pray with me? Holy God, on this silent night, we ask that you would speak through your spirit to our hearts and to our minds again. Tell us of your love, your mercy, and your grace, and your desire to make your home in us. God, help us to see the light of Christ shining in the world through your word, through your people, and through our lives and relationships that you've blessed us with. And we will thank you and praise you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, Here at Faith Covenant Church, we've been exploring this idea of home in the Bible a little bit. And as we've done that, we've been recognizing that home is so much more than just the place you live. It's more than just a, a box on a street with an address on it. If you really think about what home means to us, home is a place of belonging. It's a a place where we begin to find our sense of identity. It's a place of comfort, of peace, and rest, at at least should be, right? Not all of our experiences of home are always the ideal, but God has given us this desire to experience a place of safety and peace and rest in our lives. And the amazing story of Christmas is that God has made a way for us to, to experience all of these things in a relationship with him. You see, when Jesus was born into the world, God did not only make his home among us, but he opened the door for us to find our heart's true home in him. Pastor Rick Lindholtz, in a recent blog post, invites us to consider the very first place that Jesus made his home, the manger. 
right? On Christmas, we celebrate baby Jesus born in a manger. And a manger kind of comes from the French word, which means to eat. And as most of us know, it's the name that's been given to an animal feeding trough or a, a feeding box. Now, if you really spend some time thinking about it, though, um, what an entirely inappropriate place to put a newborn infant. An animal feeding trough? Come on. And you think about those shepherds who first heard the news from the angels that were announced out in the fields. They knew something was up. You know, these shepherds said, okay, baby plus manger equals something significant and important. does not compute. It doesn't make sense. I mean, if you think about it, They said, you know, this is so crazy, we have got to go see this. And that's what it says in the story. We're going to pick up the Christmas story of Luke 2, verses 11 through 16, and we can just read together along on the screen. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, We gotta go see this. No, no, it says, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Uh, Besides being kind of a rough and scratchy and uh, unsanitary and most likely an unclean kind of thing, think about the years of the accumulated filth and animal drool and muck that would be on a a manger, right? It's not the place that you would want to put your newborn infant son. It's just gross, right? But think about it. The story tells us that this is the place that God the Father had planned for his dwelling place for his God the Son to be born. This was planned by God. Why in the world would he do that? I mean, it's not the way that you and I would have written the story, right? If we were going to go out and write the story about how a divine being became human and was born into the world, it would be, you know, five-star hotels, red carpet, paparazzi. I mean, this is not how we would tell the story. Now, we also know that the manger was not Jesus' ultimate destination, right? It wasn't his ultimate home. You could say that there's another manger, There's another location that Jesus was trying to get to. Like the first manger, it's a place that would be entirely inappropriate for a dwelling place for God. Like the first manger, it may have been marked by years of inconsiderate use and accumulated filth and muck, and, and, and none of us would necessarily consider it to be a home for the Son of God to reside. And if you haven't guessed by now, this second manger is each one of our hearts. It's the ultimate manger, though, that Jesus seeks to make his home. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 prayed for the early Christians and prays for us through these words that out of his glorious riches, the Father may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit, through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, first, what Paul is wanting us to to understand is that preparing a a human heart to receive Christ is, it's an expensive proposition. 
It, it, it costs a lot to allow a human heart to be transformed into the home of a divine being. It's more costly than you or I can accommodate for out of our own meager resources. Think about it this way. There is nothing that you and I can do to make ourselves good enough to merit God's perfection. There is nothing that you and I can do to earn enough brownie points to get God's approval because we're, we, we, we've done enough to, for God to say it's okay. There's nothing that you and I have to offer God to purchase his mercy or his grace or his forgiveness in our lives. That's the whole point. It's only out of the glorious riches of God the Father that he has lavished on us the gift of mercy and love and grace through Jesus Christ. It comes only as a gift. And isn't that the incredible story of Christmas? Isn't that why we exchange gifts at Christmas? Because we recognize that God, out of the generosity of his heart, even though he didn't have to, said, I want you to know how much I love you and I care about you, and, and I don't even care if your life is a dingy, grimy, manger-like place. I want to come and make my home with you because I love you and I care about you and I made you and I want you to be my own. And it can only come simply as a free gift of grace. The second thing that it highlights for us is that it's not necessarily easy to become an appropriate place for God to make his home, right? We need to be strengthened with power through his spirit. There's, there's, we don't have the wisdom or the knowledge to, to make the any kind of changes that we need to make to be living in line with what, what God's heart and his desires are for us. More often than not, we're tempted to go in ways that lead to, to less happy circumstances, right? To destructive rather than constructive outcomes in our lives. It's not something that we could accomplish on our own effort or by being good enough. But see, that's part of the gift too, is that he says, you don't have to do it alone. I will give you the gift of my spirit to live with you and to live in you. And through the power of the spirit at work with, uh, within us, we can begin to see our lives transform from the inside out. Paul says it happens in the inner being. It happens on the inside. It happens in the heart and leads outward from there. In this way, Paul tells us that the presence of Christ as a resident of the human heart can only come about by saying yes to Jesus. It only comes about by opening our heart's door and allowing him to come into our lives to make his home in us. It only comes about by what Paul calls faith. That's what faith in Jesus Christ is really all about. On this Christmas Eve, can I suggest that you have a manger and I have a manger too. And, and, and that it might require some cleaning and some care to be brought up to snuff, but that's okay. God says, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. All I care about is that you want to open that heart's door to me to say yes to a better future together. I mean, that's really the message of the manger at Christmas. It's the good news that, that when he comes in, he comes with, with power and strength to transform the manger into a, a true home, not only for himself to reside, but for us to experience the joy of life as God had intended it. A man named Dr. Chapman once told the story of a, a wealthy philanthropist who wanted to help out a contractor who had been down on his luck. 
So, so he comes to the contractor and he, he contracts the contractor to build him this fancy new home, right? And, and he gives him all the decision-making authority to choose the best building materials. He, he gives him the permission to oversee the construction process so that he can uh, make it the best possible home that it could be. And with this kind of freedom, the contractor's starting to see some ways that he might be able to recoup some of his losses, So he instead used some of the cheapest building material he could find. And he cut many corners in the construction process so that over the course of the project, he could begin to pocket some of the the leftover profit. And when the house was finally completed and he met with this wealthy philanthropist, the philanthropist had one more surprise. He took the keys, handed them to the man. He said, this house is for you. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) You see, what he didn't realize is while he thought he was cheating this other man the whole time, he was really just cheating himself. What kind of house, what kind of home, what kind of spiritual home do you want to be living in this Christmas? Many of us are tempted to fall into the same trap of this contractor, thinking that we can build our lives with the cheapest materials and cutting corners on the construction process because we want it to be fast and we want it to be easy. When it comes to our personal lives and our our relationships and, and, yes, even our spiritual lives, do we understand that in the end we're really only cheating ourselves? God's gift of new life in Jesus Christ is for you and it's for me. It's for everybody who has a a manger heart that God wants to transform to make into something beautiful. But it only comes through his spirit. It only comes as a gift and it only comes if we're willing to open the door of our heart and say yes to Jesus. See, that baby that was born all those years ago, ultimately grew up and gave his life for you and for me by dying on a cross. And God the Father affirmed that that gift was his gift to us by raising him from the dead. And because Jesus is alive today, he is with us through the presence and the power of his spirit right now. In this very moment, he is waiting for us to simply say yes to him. My prayer for you and for me this Christmas is to pray along with the Apostle Paul that out of his glorious riches that God the Father would strengthen you and me through the power of his Spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. The Apostle John, who had a vision of the risen Christ, met Jesus, and in Revelation 3.20, we see the picture of Jesus saying, Here I am! I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What better Christmas feast could any of us be invited to than have Jesus come in and join the the feast of our lives? You see, home is so much more than just the place that we live. Home is a a place of true belonging. Home is a place of finding our true identity. Home is a place of genuine comfort and healing and rest and peace, even in the midst of the darkness of a broken and a fallen world that we have to live in. What we learn from the manger at Christmas is that we find our heart's true home 
when we allow Jesus to make his home in us. This Christmas, we are all invited home for the holidays. Would you pray with me? God, I I don't know where each person is at tonight in their own lives and in their own relationship with you. I know there might be some people here tonight who have, have never said yes to Jesus, who have never said yes to you, and that this is your opportunity. You're knocking on the door of their heart tonight, asking them if they won't say yes and invite you in. God, I know that there's some people here tonight who have been running from you for a long time now. They know that uh, you're in their life. They know that you want to be closer in relationship, but they've turned a deaf ear and they just ignore that, that still small voice of your spirit. And tonight, you, even though they showed up for Christmas and they weren't expecting to meet you here tonight, but you're speaking to them and inviting them to say yes to you in a fresh and a new way. And God, I know there's some of us here tonight that have been enduring through a lot of hardship and difficulty, and, uh, and we are just longing for a, a fresh vision of your presence and your power at work in our lives, and we need you to come in again, to sit at table with us, and to remind us of who we are, who we are in you, and that your mercy and your grace is still available for us too. God, for all of us, for anyone willing tonight to pray this prayer with me, we say, yes. Jesus, yes, come and make your home in my heart. I need your forgiveness and your grace. And I invite you to begin a new construction project to to rework my heart, to rework my home from the inside out so that it becomes a true reflection of your spirit and your love in my life. And for this, God, we will say thank you and we will praise you through Jesus Christ our Lord, who gave his life so that we might have life and have it to the full. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I don't know where the door of your heart is. It's open. If the manger is is open to receiving Jesus, I know that as Pastor Curtis said over and over, he is here and he wants to do his work in us. He wants to come in. Doesn't have to be perfect and clean and ready to go. Our lives are what God fashions and and he loves to do that work in us. And so tonight, I I just ask, I'll be honest with you, I've heard this, the the message three times and I still chuckled at the joke at the beginning but my heart has been touched this third time to say God do your work in me in this Christmas season don't let it be about the gifts and don't let it be about all the stuff that's all fine and good the lights and the excitement of, of that time but let me get wrapped up in what you're doing in my heart That's the most important thing in all of life, not just in this season. What's God doing in your heart? What does he want to do? Peace, joy, hope, love. What is it that you might need tonight? 
We're going to continue to sing. And uh, it's a song that's very familiar to you. But invite Christ into wherever he would want to be tonight. I don't demand it. I just say it is the best thing that we can do.